listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. And this week, I have a very special World Cup recap episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. Uh, the World Cup's been dominating my life the past week and a half. I, it's all I've been, oh, not all, but obviously I'm a well-adjusted, well-rounded person. But <laughs> I've been constantly keeping track of the scores, while all the teams are doing. And of course, especially paying very close attention to how the men's United, St- United States men's national team is performing. They performed very well. They've had some gutsy performances. It's been so much fun watching them play. I've never been prouder. They've been really, really great. And of course, I get to chat about the World Cup and the men's national team with two of my uh, g- closest best friends, uh, Marcelo Ambriz and Derek Dupre. Marcelo's been on a handful of times before, and this will be Derek's first time on the podcast. So I'm hoping it'll be the, the first of many. So we get to chat about how the men's national team is doing, uh, how the World Cup's been going on in Qatar. And it's just fun and great catching up with old friends. So here we go. This is my conversation recapping everything that's happened with the World Cup to this point with my good friends, Marcelo and Derek. Joining me tonight on the Casting for Fun podcast is my good friend, Marcelo Ambrise, returning to the show and my returning, I mean, coming on the show for the very first time, my other good friend, Derek Dupre. Gentlemen, it's good to see you both. How's everyone doing tonight? Sensational. Good, good. So, really, really exciting game today. Uh, To be honest, I think this whole tournament's been pretty exciting and unpredictable with some of the results we've gotten. Would you guys agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest with you, I think I come from like a just a negative standpoint when it comes to the U.S. national team. But man, the talent that we have is is surprising and i'm like and they're not defending they're attacking and they're being very you know they're threatening so i'm loving it oh yeah yeah me too man so i definitely want to go over the three games with you guys uh just our takes on how the u.s performed in all three so wales uh, england and iran and then of course uh, go over the rest of the the cup i mean just like like highlights other things that have happened there's been some uh, interesting talking points even stuff outside the the football arena which is kind of interesting too uh, first and foremost, I wanted to ask you both the question. Do you like the format that, of, I mean, the scheduling of the games right now, uh, you know, November into December? I mean, you know, we remember when Qatar first won this bid way back in 2010. Uh, in fact, if I remember correctly, I was at Dexter Street apartment with Nick and Marcelo when we watched the live results. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Now here we are 12 years later and it's finally here, obviously because of the conditions of the country, they have to do it now. But I, I find it actually kind of, it's been kind of enjoyable, I think, during this time of year. So I wanted to ask you guys, what did you think? Do you, do you like the summertime better or right now? You know, honestly, Albert, you know, between me and my brothers and my family, we were pretty against this format. You know, everyone's talking yeah. about, trash about this whole Qatar thing and mm-hmm. uh, FIFA, you know, shenanigans. But as it's rolled on, I've actually, like, I've, I've honestly, I'm like, you know, this has been kind of fun that it's happened during holidays because you don't have to like pretend to be off from work. You know, we're like mm-hmm. watching games during like Thanksgiving and then, you know, rolling up to Christmas. It's like, it actually is like kind of nice. You know, mm-hmm. you're not, 
it's it's kind of just blending into the normal holiday season, which, you know, we were all against it before it started, but now I'm kind of like easing into it. Like, I like this. I wouldn't mind if it happened again. Not that it yeah. would. Yeah. Um, I think the quality of play is really, uh, I mean, I've heard a lot of people mention that, um, you know, at the end of the season, like if this was a normal World Cup, you'd have people coming out of their leagues, having played like nine months straight, essentially, and then then having to go into a camp for about a month and a half, like, I mean, less than a month and then playing. And although these guys are professionals and I'm sure like their quality of play would still be great. I don't think it would be as great as it is now because, you know, they've just finished about three months of their domestic seasons. And then they just go straight into playing, you know, almost like hitting their stride in their club teams. So um, I think I like that aspect of it, but also the timing, because I'm an early bird. And so like, I'll wake up at four in the morning for Arsenal matches and then now you, you know, we actually get to see, you know, I'm waking up, watching a match, going back to sleep, and then waking up and watching another match. And then it's not like really a hindrance to my day, especially since I work from home. So it's so it's great. I would agree with Marcelo. Um, but I also would say I think Marcelo would agree with me. It's kind of ruining the premiership league, though, too, you know. So, hey, but if it's every four years, you know, give and take, but it's. I think it's actually turned out good for the World Cup in a form of play, but it's making the league suffer, if that makes sense. I mean, especially with Arsenal having had, like, the amazing run that they have in the Premiership, it's like... And that's why know. I love this, because Arsenal is, like, this... <laughs> so. Someone's a Tottenham fan over here. I don't know. <laughs> Very nice, man. Very nice. Yeah, I agree with what you said, Derek. It's been kind of nice for, you know, holiday get-togethers, watching the games. The fact that, you know, last weekend I got to go to Arizona, uh, so I got to watch the game with my dad, which is really fun. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. So so things like that. I think it was your genius planning to, to schedule the USA-England game on Black Friday uh, to not conflict with the NFL, but also give you something, like, tantalizing to want to watch. You know, which is great because it only affects, really, I guess, the USA because Thanksgiving bleeds into Christmas, and so the yeah. whole – is not as blessed as us but hey usa right yeah exactly <laughs> you know really quick so yeah. when i'm looking on uh fox sports for like the the link to watch it live um this past weekend it, it looked like uh, uh it's a small detail but i don't know why it bothered me so much seeing that uh michigan and ohio state game like that thumbnail was above uh, I like a an important soccer match, like a Brazil or something. And I'm like, like as much as we're into it, I think like, and everyone else is kind of like feeling super positive about the, the world cup. They're still like college football is still, you know, pretty popular. No, I agree. And I, I saw the same thing, but I also saw a report that the USA England game drew 20 million viewers between Fox sports and Telemundo, which is, Again, we have to do – it's only every four years, but that helps. Sure, uh, yeah. It's going to take a couple more cycles, but we'll eventually overcome Ohio State, Michigan, you know, football. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah. 20 million viewers, that's, that's legit, you know. 
Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the viewership was for today's game. I mean, obviously, Iran may not be necessarily as big a draw as England, but given the, the significance deal. of the game, you know, who knows? Yeah. So, oh, very cool. Very cool. So let's jump into the games itself. The USA-Wales game in particular. Did you have any takeaways from that game? I'll let you go first, Marcelo, so I could con- contradict you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was just surprised uh, about how aggressive we were. I mean, like, look at our center, like, like our, our midfield. It's like Weston McKinney, T- uh, Tyler Adams, and Eunice Musa. It's like those guys held it down. I love that that midfield pairing, pers- personally. I, I think they're great. Um, but just the fact that, like, we were – those guys held it down and everyone else did a great job – I was just really surprised on how much of on the front foot, if you will, like how aggressive we were in the attack. And dude, these kids are like not afraid. And I love that. So I was really surprised by how uh, aggressive they were and how aggressive the whole game was and high intensity, the whole match. So that's what I liked. Yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, our, our defense goalkeeper defense midfield is actually like probably the best we've had ever maybe for the U S and we're actually probably at the weakest we've ever been at the striker position. So, you know, looking at the Wells game, we dominated them, but we just can't score goals, you know? And so, you know, Zimmerman made a huge mistake giving that penalty away. So you, you take that away, we still win 1-0 like we did today. You know, like we dominated the – again, we'll get to today's game, but we dominated the Wells game, but we just can't, like, score goals. So we are suspect to one misstep, you know. So that's the frustration is, you know, we used to have Lennon Donovan, you know, McBride, uh, Dempsey, and – somebody we could count on and now we have zero but we have like probably the best midfield defensive midfield that we've ever had and it's just it's frustrating yeah oh no absolutely man i mean yeah yeah you mentioned for sure that the u.s is struggling to to score goals but i mean i did like the connection that we got with uh, pulisic and tim Wea on that particular goal that we got it was just beautifully done but, but those yeah, are you, two winners right yeah. that was our left winger right winger scored yeah. a goal Still, we haven't had a goal scored from our our number nine, our striker, and we probably won't. It's, it's frustrating. Like it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, and uh, Marcelo turned me on to the the uh, what's it called the podcast for that Jimmy Conrad does. Uh, uh we believe I in USA. That yeah, yeah. That's been yeah. pretty interesting. They, they kinda, and, uh, yeah, uh, they, they kind of talked about the the struggles that players have had. You know, like uh, uh, Haji Wright's been struggling. Uh, the, the minutes he's gotten and then why is Kaji right even on this team i i just i don't, I don't get it <laughs> yeah it, it trips me out too man trust me so yeah i mean it may have been better suited to some some of the other strikers we do have like i don't know jesus ferreira uh but again i don't okay. know if he's yeah yeah but you know i mean again uh it, it, it was interesting to see some of the the good defensive plays they did make you know it was actually a, a good really good defensive foul that uh kellen acosta had made on uh, what's his name? Um, Gareth Bell to stop them from yeah. that. Yeah. So I guess they know each other pretty well for playing for that other, uh, you know, that, that, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say you probably were purposely not mentioning their names because they are LFC, <laughs> LAFC fans. I mean, not yeah. players. 
Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, they definitely obviously play together. So Kellen Acosta knows him well. And, you know, it was a great defensive stop. So it was really great to see that play. Yeah, no, I, 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 I actually, I think I was like looking down and I missed it. But from what everyone else has said, it, it was like a, a great stop. I mean, I, I, I think we, I think we really sort of announced, uh, our so I'm saying we like I'm on the damn team, but I'm not. But you know, I think we really announced ourselves as a team to be reckoned with that first game, and so I was happy about that. You know, I, I agree with you, Marcella. I think we're getting the international stage recognition that our midfield is really freaking good. Um, and everyone's saying, but we can't score goals, and I can't help but agree with them. And yeah. It just is what it is, and, and it's frustrating. We got out of the group, and that's a win. You know, we're playing the we're playing the Netherlands next, and anything could happen. They're having a poor tournament, and I'll let you run with this, Albert. But did we made it out of the group? Did Mexico make it out of the group? You know, did Costa Rica like we're Concacaf? You know, so we we should be the ones making it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure, and we did, and that's a win. At the end of the day, it's a win. No, yeah, yeah. De- definitely, definitely. In fact, there's some really cool takeaways. So going into the the England game now, uh, the England game was the very first time that the U.S. had ever shot out uh, a European opposition uh, since uh, 1950, when coincidentally the U.S. beat England one nothing in that historic game. So that was kind of cool stat to see, you know, shutting out out England's opposition. We dominated them. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. Yeah, there oh, was, you're saying about that 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 game, like the game on Friday. Yeah, the Friday's game. Friday's game, really exciting game. Like I mentioned, I got to watch it at uh, in Arizona with my parents, and then for my dad, the whole game. Then my mom came in, and she started like just going ah, like I, I I do sometimes when I'm watching games. So that was kind of fun to see. But uh, yeah, yeah. So again, U- U.S. did you know fantastic against England. I mean, I was really really proud of their effort, and you know they had yeah. some really really good shots. I mean. Uh, Weston McKinney had like a, a sitter, right? That he like just overshot, but almost seemed like it was the perfect opportunity yeah, to yeah. score right there. Again, again we've been ner- like today, we should have had like three goals in that first half and we kept skying them over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just nerves. I think, you know, it is what it is. But hey, dude, England dropped what, like three in the second half on Wales today? And six yeah. against Iran when they played them. Exactly, so. dude. Yeah. And we shut them out. Like, that's what I'm saying. Our midfield, our defense is solid right now. We're world class. We just can't score goals, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Yunus Musa is already being, like, sort of scouted. I wouldn't say scouted. Like, I'm sure he's going to get, like, either a contract extension at Valencia or some big team is going to come out and pick him up. I, Tyler Adams, like, dude that guy just put up his, his like international stock just went up. And I mean, McKinney's already at Juventus, but I heard he may not be playing as much as he wants. So uh, my guess is like, come, come like next transfer windows, whenever anyone can, those guys are going to go to bigger clubs than where they're at. You know, they they dominated um, rice and freaking Henderson. Like they dominated guys. Yeah. Come on. I mean, like, uh, I I I watched the Premier League pretty religiously, so like watching, seeing that lineup as it is, like I think uh, English fans have like the same gripe with Southgate as 
American fans have with Berhalter because we all want our dudes to like, you know, play like Gio Reyna hasn't played as much as we wanted to. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like looking at that team as a foreigner, uh, the English team, I'm like, that's a pretty stacked team, man. And they have guys on the bench who are just as great. And the fact that we were able to, I'm just going to go be aggressive, not be afraid. I mean, the, just seeing Tyler Adams just hey, but, but today, pushing people around was great. Who, who, who crushed Wells today? Rashford. And you know what? Rashford hasn't started a game this whole freaking cycle because Southgate is in love with Harry Kane and this whole English freaking thing. And exactly. It's the same. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. Like Southgate sucks, dude. But, it, you know, England should be doing what they're doing more. And, again, you put Rashford in second half and two goals in a row. Like, Yeah. And how many goals did Harry Kane score? Oh, he's got an assist. It was great an assist. But, <laughs> you know. But as, but as much as I hate Tottenham, like, uh, Harry, Harry's like a great number nine, man. No, he's a great – is but that that's the premiership this is the world cup man like no no absolutely i agree with you but i mean like he's got a not he's got like a great number nine in him i don't think it works for him what's in southgate's lineup but i know we're talking about america and we don't have a number nine but but we should also say southgate sucks in england is you know they're underperforming they're underperforming um i i've heard i mean now that now okay so like i know we're gonna go into the iran game but like yeah. who who takes over Pulisic's spot if he doesn't make it onto Aronson, the roster Aronson was an upgrade over Pulisic. let's just be honest uh, Pulisic's um set pieces have sucked all those corner kicks sucked and Aronson immediately and i was texting my brother during the game i was like hey i hate to say it but Aronson's an upgrade over Pulisic. and he's like yeah dude it's yeah. not a popular opinion but it's true and hey, but albeit though, Pulisic scored the goal, and that was a that was a world class goal. It's gutsy, dude, and God bless him, man. Captain America, all 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 freaking day. But um, when it comes to holding up play, Aronson's better because we have no yeah. number nine. We need that winger to hold the ball and to distribute it better, and also pressure the the defense, which Aronson's hands over you know hands over whatever better than Pulisic. It, well, it like was, his first, his first uh, was able to be subbed out at halftime because because Burhalter sucks at subs, and so he was forced to sub Aronson early, which actually probably benefited us. Well, yeah, because like if you put Aronson in in the like seventieth minute or seventy uh, fifth minute, it doesn't late. give him enough time. It doesn't give him enough time to like make an impact. Exactly. So we actually and got- also to your point, Derek. To your point, Derek. The first premiership goal that Aronson scored was pressuring Edward Mendy, Chelsea, and pressuring him and then scoring a no-look goal. And that's why Aronson into the net. So good. He's so good. He's like a mosquito. He just like pressures the heck out of the yeah. know, post third. And, and it's better than Polisic right now. You know, it's just it is what it is. But it's hard. If I was Berhalter, it'd be hard to start Aronson over Pulisic. I get that, but that's where I'm yeah. saying we almost got lucky that he got injured. You know, knock on. We'll have to see lucky. the the reports that I read were indicating that it was a uh, 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 pelvic contusion, so he's listed as day to day. If you look at it, it's because that goalie like 
the way they collided, his foot went right into the into Pulisic's growing man. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah, with the uh, tensions right being the way they are and everything going on in Iran, I didn't want to speak too much, but I mean, yeah, they, uh, as Tom would say, that there was maybe some dirty plays yeah. going on. In that game. <laughs> I don't want any Iranians coming after me. So. Goalie, remember when he got his nose smashed in that first game with uh, was that England that first game? Yeah, his nose. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was already yeah, that was normally. I remember that. It was like yeah. uh, the Grinch who stole Christmas. It grew like four times. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it looked like Toucan Sam. That's what it looked like. The, the other notable injury from the uh, Iran game would have been uh, Josh Sargent. I guess it was like, uh, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what happened. but He tore his ACL. I, was I, it that I, bad, you think? I, I've been in medical oh, yeah. for 20 years. He tore his ACL. Just watch. Just wait. Okay, so so he's done. Okay, Derek. What happens is when you tear your ACL, actually, like, you feel the pain in your ankle. That's why he kept grabbing his ankle. But I uh-huh. tell, I'm telling you, I'm marking now on this podcast, it's Stamped in history, he tore his ACL. Uh, uh, maybe I'm this not is a, a doctor, but you know, this is definitely game. a question for both of you guys. Yeah, did you guys see the the? Did you got you guys saw the uh, the replay, the slow mo replay? Like he definitely tried to draw the foul. He got it, and I think on the fault, fo- like the follow through, that's when he hurt himself. Like when he stepped on the ball, and then his foot hit the ground, and he saw his knee buckle. He tore his ACL. Yeah. Oh. It so my question is, do you think if he hadn't, like, hammed it up that he wouldn't have hurt himself? No, if, he, if he wouldn't have stepped on the ball, he would have been fine. It, it, was, it was a breakaway. It was a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that might be why they're, they haven't announced anything. I mean, with Pulisic, they announced right away that's what happened with them. But Josh Sargent, I haven't heard any of these. So I was just kind of fearing yeah, maybe something like that. Sergeant actually had his best game. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he, he was, was all over the job. Field, he was he was doing his job, and it just sucks because, you know. I mean, we should weekend at Bernie's, uh, Sergeant. <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. That's funny. Well, cool, man. Cool. So, actually, I wanted to ask you, unless there were other talking points from uh, those particular three games, uh, I wanted to ask you about Burhalter. So, on on that podcast, on the In Soccer We Trust podcast, they they mentioned about going through different coaches through cycles, you know. So, after a different, I mean, Burhalter's had four years now, uh, but I mean, they got out of the group stage. So, regardless of what happens with the Netherlands, should Burhalter keep his job, or would you like to see someone else take over? Absolutely, someone else. You should never be a coach for a national team longer than one cycle. Like it's just you shouldn't. That's my principle. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think Burhalter has. Um, I think it was nepotism the whole way he was even hired. It was a whole this this American thing. And I'm not saying <clears throat> if it would happen, you know, Tata Martino or anyone else, we would have played better, but. You know, he did his job. You know, we got out of the group. Let's move on. Let's keep getting better and bring fresh blood. And I just, I hate the fact U.S. soccer is so intense on, like, keeping the same people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got to just, like, bring in new blood, new ideas. Like, it's, yeah, we can't get sucked into this cycle of, like, complacency and familiarity. Like, yeah, keep pushing, you know. 
I, you know what I, I, I think um, after this World Cup, if Berhalter is out, I think there will be. I think that the team has opened up their options of who can coach him, like who will be interested. I think people are going to look at this young team and say, say, oh, we, there's some talent. There's a, a lot of like um, international club experience, and I think they're going to sort of have a few more extra names who who, who would be interested. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't I don't even know who's out there, and to be honest with you, but I think. Whoever who whoever's going to be the next coach is definitely going to be um, better than Peralta. <laughs> I agree because being one of the youngest teams in in the tournament, again, like you said, Marcelo, like if you were a coach, you're like I'm going to have the same group for another cycle. Like, heck yeah! Like, why wouldn't you jump at this talent? You know, like yeah, yeah. Also, also, um, to so I I have this like thing against like u.s uh u.s footballers who go abroad who then come back and finish out their careers in the u.s and then they get older and then they become coaches i feel like they think they're they have better soccer minds or better football minds than other people and they get too cerebral and then um they're like they can't be convinced otherwise about certain things which is why, like, I think there is, like, genuinely a beef between Berhalter and Gio Reyna. Like, uh, I, I don't, th- there's no really explanation why he's out, you know? You know, it, it's funny you bring that up, Marcelo, because I think the same thing, because um, Landon Donovan on these last couple, like, broadcasts, I've been like, man, I think he could really, like, get something out of these guys. But then I think about, like, a Maradona, right, where he couldn't, even though, and so I'm like, no. Landon Donovan, because he knows what it means to like put it into that sixth gear that doesn't exist, can he translate that over to people that don't understand it? And I'm like, no, because Maradona couldn't do it. Um, our fucking sorry, our our German coach, what was his name? Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah, Jurgen yeah. Klinsmann can translate. Like, so like great players haven't turned out to be great coaches. So. Yeah, and Burhalter wasn't a great player, and he's a, not a great coach, so he's a bad example. So it's one of those I don't know. Well, he played for Galaxy, didn't he, um, Albert? Yeah, towards the end of his career, because when Bruce was coaching the team, he liked those veteran guys. So I mean, he did some some good mentorship for some of the center backs they had at the time. So, what, what do you think Ber- of Burhalter, Albert? Burhalter has sucked with. Sorry, Albert. Burhalter has sucked with tactical changes until literally today and okay he actually did a good job today and i was pissed when he brought in zimmerman and um and uh homeboy and you know what shack more shack more i have to i have to admit in hindsight like that was a good move like he pulled it off and that was the first yeah. time i played because literally as he's subbing them in i'm texting like my, my brothers i'm like Greg is an idiot. You know what I mean? But <laughs> we off. We advanced, and I have to admit, like that was a good freaking move. And that was the first time I've ever said that about Greg. Mm-hmm. 
Yo, to answer your question, Marcelo, I mean, for the most part, I, I like him, but the, I, I would agree that uh, coaching on the club level is way different from the national team level. So with the club, club level, I think you absolutely should be rewarded with your good results. So, I mean, if your team's winning, particularly winning championships, yes, you keep your job. But in as far as like a national team is concerned, where we're constantly cultivating new car- new players, you know, new ones are coming in. I, I think like, like Derek said, I mean, having new blood, bringing in new ideas would probably be the best bet. So even if, uh, I mean, if they get past the Netherlands, I don't necessarily think that should qualify Burhalter to for sure keep his job. Whereas, I mean, if they're winning championships in Major League Soccer or wherever it is and he's winning, then yeah, I would say keep it on the club level. I think it's more more results-based, I think, on the club level versus uh, the national level, where you want to kind of more go with uh, uh, rotation with ideas, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Were there any other talking points from uh, the three games, or did you want to jump into some general uh, uh, World Cup talk? Yeah, I, I think um... – you know, against England, the second game, we really played well. Like, we really vindicated. Like, we beat England. We just don't have a striker. We couldn't score a goal, but we dominated that game. And that should not be belittled or forgotten. Like, we beat them. And that's a big freaking deal. You know what I mean? Like, again, you know, Rice, Henderson, all those amazing players they had, and they couldn't like we dominated that game. We couldn't score a goal, but we dominated it, like on face value on the on the eyeball test. And that's a huge freaking deal, man. And when it comes to this Iran game, we dominated them. We should have scored three goals that first half, but we just don't have again a striker. But our midfield and our defense is actually really freaking good. And yeah. It, it is what it is. It's frustrating because we don't have a number nine. But at the end of the day, like, we're we're one of the, what, the second or third youngest team in this tournament? Like, uh, second. Second youngest. So we, like, again, as long as we get out of the group, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Netherlands, we're playing with house money, and it is what it is. I'm going to love it, and I'm going to be happy no matter what happens on Saturday. Um, but I am very pleased with how we've made it through this group and it just we don't have a striker and as long as like we all know that but the rest of the team is solid i'm actually really happy with how things have turned out you know like i wish we could do like a weird science movie experiment and just make a striker (laughs) (laughs) i've tried it it doesn't work (laughs) so i feel you there very nice, man. Very nice. Well, another uh, interesting stat to bring up is that not only was it the first, you know, shot out against European opposition, it's the first uh, two consecutive games shot out. So shutting, shutting out England, shutting out Iran never happened before. Hey, if you think about it, we have, we, we had three shutouts. Yeah. There was no goals against us. If the run of play, the one goal was a penalty kick, which Turner actually went to the right side. Mm-hmm. And he if actually touched perfect, it. If it wasn't for the perfect kick, he would have blocked it. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you think about it, we've had three shutouts. You know, like that's freaking good, man. Like, at, at three shutouts, and we're not parking the bus. That's what's great. We're yeah. not. We're, we're we're going after it, and so 
we don't have a striker. We don't have a number nine. It is what it is. Everything else, if you look at it, this is a win, dude. This is a great tournament. Like we're we're going somewhere. Absolutely, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. If, yeah very- whoever's called up to be the coach next, they just gotta. I got my boots. You know, <laughs> bring the number nine. I'm just. Saying. <laughs> Very nice, man. Very nice. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a very exciting game for Saturday. Can't wait. Very, very excited for that. Uh, so with general World Cup talk, has there been a particular goal from any team that you've really, really enjoyed? Uh, for, for me personally, I mean, I guess I'm kind of biased for my, my Brazilian people. You know, I mean, uh, I, I developed my love of the game there. Everything's been uh, fantastic watching them play. Uh, the goal by, I have to get his name right you know because if any brazilian fans are listening they're probably going to tease me for butchering his name uh uh richard neil richard leelson the the guy who no, had the richardson richardson thank you okay yeah so my brazilian friends are yeah. gonna make fun of me for that <laughs> uh it was really really cool in fact i mean when the ball came to him like uh, Stuart holden was making the call like saying that he kind of like juggled the ball or just like uh messed up the pass receiving the pass but he made it look so fluid and cool that like when he shot up in the air and then bicycle bicycle kicked it in. It was pretty sweet. And then I got a text from like Nick, like, you know, minutes later, like, Whoa, did you see that goal? That was pretty sweet. So I, I'd probably say that's been <laughs> my favorite goal. So far. Talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Nick. <laughs> that's, been, that's been my favorite one so Nick. far, but uh, do, do you guys have any other goals that you've really enjoyed seeing so far in the tournament? You know, I, I have to admit, like I haven't really enjoyed watching France play and I get it, you know, I'm French and Spanish mm-hmm. is what yeah. it is. Um I, the way France has like even when they went a goal down, how they just like step up and dominate him and Mbappe's like that goal where he scored with his thigh, you're just like, this guy is like feeling himself, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I haven't seen that with even with Spain dominating and and Spain's been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But then they struggled against Germany. You're like, I don't know, you know. Um, and even even Brazil, and especially with Neymar going down, you're like, I don't know. Like France mm-hmm. seems like the complete eleven man on the field plus you know subs, a like complete like team, and they've been fun to watch. And it, and it was almost France was funner to watch when they go down a goal. Like, oh yeah, I think everyone, there, you know. I think everyone gets that sense of urgency where like, Oh, we, we need a score to tie, but then that momentum just takes them straight to scoring more goals. You know, it's like, it's almost like you want them to start out like one goal down just so you can see a flurry of goals afterwards. It's been interesting to see um, Neymar struggle and go down with it his ankle and then to see even Messi struggle even though he had the kind of like a comeback game this last game but no like no dominant player has like stepped forward like Mbappe has and he's been fun to watch because he he hasn't taken a stumble or step back he's just like proven all the opinions everyone's had for him and that's been it's been cool to see you know legendary material and then France has uh, broken the cycle, right, for, for defending champions uh, getting knocked out during the group stage? No, I think France. No, I mean, that. so they made it through. So like, pre- previous, like, you know, World Cup winners, like going back to, I think, Brazil, uh, not Brazil, uh, Germany yeah, but, and then Spain. No, Brazil, Brazil was the last, Yeah, I think. To, oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so it's good to see him uh, advancing through. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know what the odds are. Has any team ever won back-to-back tournaments? Brazil has. They have. Okay. But that was like a long time ago, though, right? Yeah. Not not recently. Who cares? It's Brazil. So. (laughs) (laughs) I I will have to say. So going back to your like, what goal stands out the most? And maybe it's just because I'm a huge Leo Messi fan, but the one that he scored um, in, in the last match against, jeez, uh, who, who was that against? Uh, Mexico, right? Oh, Mexico, right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, it on paper, it looks pretty simple. Like, but the fact that, you know, hits it in his, like, favorite left foot, and then it's, like, just far enough out of reach of Ochoa's. Like, it was almost slow motion. Uh, it was so slow motion, but it was like, man, to think about that stretch and the like small amount of space that he had to like squeeze that goal in. I, I mean, it's not like magical or like the best. It, it definitely not better than Richarlison, but it's like to show like how hard it is to score and how hard it is to score with that amount of space and and doing it at full speed. It's like. It, it it's it's a thing of beauty you know be, you know being chilean you know i hate argentina and <laughs> I, I wish no goodness upon them but i above argentina i wish nothing but bad things upon the mexican national team so <laughs> i actually like for once in my life like i really enjoyed watching messi score that goal you know, I was like, oh, yeah, good for him. Like, I didn't want to see Argentina bow to the tournament that early. Like, I didn't want to see Messi, like, retire from international play, like, in disgrace. Even though I kind of told myself I would like that. I actually enjoyed, like you said, Marcel, I, I really enjoyed that goal, you know? Um, yeah. And, and then to see that young kid score that other goal later in the match was like, geez, dude, like. That was kind of cool passing of the torch, you know, from like Messi to this young new buck, you know, like, mm-hmm. and and I hate to admit that. And I hate that this is being recorded and I'm admitting it, but that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was cool to see so, you know, the Mexicans cry and, you know, bitch. Like the other. <laughs> well, um, sort of, maybe this is not like, uh, so like Ronaldo's goal for instance, his his air quotes goal that he's claiming is his where, you, you know, Bruno Fernandez like, crossed it. Ronaldo jumped up and, like, his hair follicle may have touched him. <laughs> but, like, the computer didn't even notice that it was touched by anyone. You know, like, the VAR computer whatever. And, like, he still, like, claiming it, it, it uh, to me I, I get it a striker always wants to claim a goal but come on hey bruno fernandez is having a great tournament which is good to see as a manchester united fan. i mean honestly i hate him but you guys as an arsenal you gotta, you gotta as tip, an arsenal supporter i, I got to tip my hat tip, tipping my hat for sure very nice <laughs> So, what do you guys think has been the biggest surprise then from from any team, or biggest uh, uh, like upset result that we've seen? I think seeing um, Germany struggle, but then to see them kind of like pull that last game out of their hat was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, then, I think actually, for me, Germany losing to Japan was a thing. Oh, absolutely. That yeah. was surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, someone had mentioned to me that, like, uh, I, I read somewhere that I guess the Japanese uh, domestic league had been sort of on pause for a few weeks prior versus, like, most of, like, the European clubs were playing a good week, week and a half before going to their training camps. So the Japanese had a little extra time. But if you're Germany, you don't lose to a, a Japanese team. You know what's been interesting is is now in hindsight, um, like Argentina loses and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what happened to Argentina? It's the end of the world. And they come back and clearly dominate Mexico. And then you – like when Germany lost to Japan, it was like, oh my gosh, Germany, end of the world. And then Germany comes back and really acquitted themselves. So it's I, I don't know if it's because it's the winter kind of transfer window where this tournament's happening, but these top teams that have struggled have not struggled two games in a row. They've struggled and then they've redeemed themselves. And so it's this is a really actually fun tournament because it's like Dude, there's no consistency. Like, we're all like, oh, my gosh, end of the world, Argentina lost, Germany lost, and then they come back and acquit themselves. So there's no, like, this is actually probably one of the funnest World Cups I can remember, you know, because you can't bet on it solidly. It's it's actually, you know, it's to, to take, to steal the NFL term, you know, at any given Sunday, anything can happen in this trip which has been really interesting. It's made yeah. it pretty cool and exciting. Like uh, I, I talked about this on a previous episode I reported with Ryan Ferrante that uh, uh, FIFA, uh, the, the, the uh, electronic arts video game FIFA had done like a simulation to predict the winner. And they predicted Argentina would win and beat Brazil one nothing in the final. And then when Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia, I was like, oh my goodness, they might even make it out of the group stage. And then also craziness, like you had mentioned, uh, uh, or Costa Rica losing to Spain, six to nothing or whatever the score was, but then coming back to beat Japan, one nothing. So, I mean, the group stage is just really exciting because you can have one bad game, but then if you can pull it through, you can actually you know make something happen. Uh, so, you know, like, like Derek had mentioned, you know, the good teams are not messing up twice, even though they maybe they can mess up once, but you don't really see them messing up twice. Look at England, like everyone's like, did the USA dominate them? It was a tie, nil, nil, but USA dominated. And then they, what, what they dropped three on Wells today. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. couldn't beat Wells. Like, again, this is like, it's, it's a fun tournament, you know, like, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Yeah. So even with that video game simulation, with the technology they have to, you know, predict good at this point, you know. Albert, but but Mexico still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, the, the video game USA was going to go further than any other CONCACAF team, and Canada's already been eliminated. So, so there you go. And Canada's been fun to watch, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame they're not going through because they were actually fun. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Were there any other talking points from uh, the World Cup, at least to this point, that you guys wanted to bring I, up? I, I'm, en- I'm enjoying it simply because I think, so from like a cultural standpoint, I think 
there's just so many people who normally don't watch soccer who who tune in for the World Cup and just seeing how active they are on at least my social media and friends who like text me throughout the day and like you know coworkers who are on our Slack who are like dropping in like oh did you see this did you see that I think I think it's you know um, it's just like the Olympics right everyone's just like tuned in because. Uh, somehow we all feel a sense of pride of like, you know, where we're from and we end up it, it manifests itself like in through sports. But other than that, I mean, I, I, I'm just like super, I don't think I've ever felt. So when I was watching the English, the, the England USA game, I'm usually pretty nervous watching a game, but throughout that whole match, I was not nervous at all period from the beginning to end i was at a place i was at my friend's like studio and they're pretty much all of them a lot are brits a lot of them are brits and so like watching them squirm and watching them look nervous to me i'm like okay we've got a different team than we have had in the past and i'm like no more none of this like you know kicking the ball and it like going in between the goalies keeper. And we're super happy that we scored that way. Like we're playing great football. I think I, I, I'm going to say like, we're aggressive and I love that. Mm-hmm. And we have technique, you know, no more deuces of the, of the past, you know, like who's a, who's a gritty player who I love, but we just have, it, I think we have like a promising future for sure. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, oh, go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. No, I agree with Marcel. I've really enjoyed watching this team. It's one of those weird things, kind of being not not a, a like a front runner team, you know, like, like the Hollands, Englands, Spains, like Brazils. The fact that we're like second tier, you can kind of like Marcelo saying, like I never got er- nervous when we played England. I actually just enjoyed watching us like ball up with them. But today against Iran, oh, sorry, Iran, <laughs> whatever Iran. they're called, like I was freaking nervous because I know we're better than them. And so you're just like, you're like chomping at the bit. And, and it's almost like, I, I almost, you almost like enjoy it, you know, because like that's the whole fun of it. Um, and then it, playing the Netherlands this coming Saturday, I'm not going to be nervous because now we're like, is like when, against England, it's house money. It's like, we can lose and it's still a, a successful tournament. And if we win, it's like the greatest thing ever. But today against Iran, it was like genuinely like you feel it in your gut. It's like being in high school again, playing your rival, you know, it's like, and that's the freaking beauty of this sport. You know, it's, it's why it's amazing. And it's just, it's the beautiful game. And so coming this Saturday against Netherlands, I'm just going to, enjoy it like win or lose it's a successful tournament you know and we win you're like oh holy crap like we just beat the freaking dutch you know Mm -hmm. and i honestly think we have a chance because they're not looking that great man no that's i'm glad you said that Derek. yeah so it's it's again it's just house money like the dutch aren't looking amazing so we actually i think we if we had a freaking really number nine like you brought it up marcel if we had freaking deuce is our number nine like i'd be like we got this but we're so freaking good we just don't have a goal score so 
if we did, I'd be like, we're this is our game to have. But the fact that we don't, it's again, it's just it's house money. Like this is just fun. You know, I'm gonna gather my family around, we're gonna like turn the game on and have fun. And if we lose, it's still a party, you know? Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Because it's freaking against the Dutch. And if we win, it's like uh we'll have to record another podcast. <laughs> It'll be, you know. So this has been a successful successful tournament for the US and I'm very happy. Same, same. Yeah, me too, man. It's gonna be so much fun, really great stuff. Uh but was it uh Austin Powers dad who said like the one thing he was afraid of was the Dutch though? Or the one thing he couldn't stand or... <laughs> and the Dutch. Oh, yeah, people who are intolerant of other people's uh beliefs and the Dutch. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. It's, it's, it's been, it's, it's just so cool. Like every day, just checking the scores. Like sometimes, I mean, I didn't make up for any of the early, early games, even though I really wish I had watched the uh, Saudi Arabia, Argentina game. That would have been pretty cool, but yeah, uh, I it's just, nice just throwing throw through my phone. Like, Oh, who's playing right now? Oh, I want to check out that. Game. Uh, I thank God we're not playing Senegal. They, they would torch us, but playing the Dutch. Oh. Like, I think we have a chance, man. Like, that's how – you know what? I don't think England's going to have a good – you know, they're going to have a struggle with Senegal. Like, Senegal's good freaking like, – I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be good. Yeah, I was able yeah, to so catch the Senegal-Ecuador game earlier in the day, too. That was, a, that was a really fun game, too. So, Well, Ecuador is also sort of surprising how decent they were, too. Yeah, that's a good group, man. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I mean, I definitely want to get together again to record more episodes, man. Like, it's just fun just chatting about the World Cup. I mean, there's always talking points, which is pretty exciting and cool. Like, uh, the fact that there's so many games and then when we get to the group stages, yes, there's fewer games, but uh, they yes, they start at more reasonable times. So it's actually kind of nice. You don't have to get up at the you know middle of the night to watch a game. All right. What's your no, prediction? No, no. Who's going to who's going to win it all? Who's going to win it all? Oh, man. Um, Put it on the record. On the record right now, based on who's still here, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'll go with Brazil. I think I think they're gonna pull it off, even even if Neymar doesn't play anymore. Such a homer. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I appreciate the loyalty. Uh, I think France is going to win. Uh, I'm I'm saying France too. That'd be really cool to see. I mean, France just has depth, so. What's, yeah, yeah, exactly. They look solid, man. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. Well, Derek, Marcelo, thank you so much for uh, giving me your time tonight. This was always fun. Great to catch up with old friends. And uh, you guys look great, so it's great to see you guys. Yeah, man, for Good sure. to see you guys. Okay, well, thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, and uh, we'll definitely uh, get together again soon. Hey, hey, one more thing. Yeah. Mexico sucks. <laughs> <laughs> If you're trying to offend me, that I, I, I'm, I'm fully, I, I, um, I identify as American. Okay? I'm not trying to offend you, Marcel. I'm trying to offend the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have a good night, guys. Love you. Love you guys. Love you guys.